Welcome to our eighth edition of Busy in the Sticks Chamber Podcast. My name is Tammy Rick, CEO of the West Prince Chamber and your host. Today, I'd like to welcome Janet Ogilvie with Green Gable Alpaca. Welcome, Janet. Uh, thanks, Tammy. Yes. Um, so today, we took our podcast on the road, and we're recording it uh, live in your, your workshop here. And I'm looking out, out the windows here, and the alpacas are, are in the background, and, and your, your staff is out in the field. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a different setting for us. So <laughs> it's nice to be here. Beautiful workshop. Thank you. Welcome to the farm. Yes. Um, so Janet, you're an Islander by choice. I am. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So um, I am an I- Islander by choice. I moved to the island in 2010. Uh, I moved from Hamilton, Ontario to kind of escape the rat race. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came here specifically to set up an, al- an alpaca farm. Uh, I didn't know anybody when I got here, and I'd never lived in the country a day in my life. Um, and I set up the farm. Uh, the farm has changed a little bit over the years, but um, I'm quite pleased to be here. <laughs> so you left the corporate and city life. I remember we I talked did. about this before. I've yeah. been down to see you quite a few times over the last few years. And um, to set up this this beautiful alpaca farm here in, Prince, in, in Birch Hill, Prince Edward Island here. Why? Why alpacas? Why and, alpaca? and and how? Like, wh- how would you ever even think of alpacas? <laughs> well, well, there is quite a detailed story related to that. But basically, in a nutshell, I wanted to leave Ontario. Um, uh, the corporate life was no longer of interest to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, I wanted to run away. Uh, PI was mentioned to me and I thought the lifestyle was exactly what I was looking for. Uh, I knew I wanted to live in the country and I wanted to farm. I am a veterinary technician by training. I've never really practiced as one. I don't know if I I knew that about you. Yeah, I am. So I I do have an animal background and a science background as well as a business background. Anyway, I knew I wanted to farm. Cattle were out of the question. You know, in my fifth decade of life, I wasn't about to start farming cattle. Um, Sheep were not of interest to me. I really don't know who mentioned alpaca, um, but I started researching. I spent about three weeks researching them and researching the island, and I made my decision to come here and to do this. I was really rather impulsive, to be quite frank. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to other folks, Mm -hmm. but that's what I did, and it seemed to work for me. Well, we're so glad you did come, and you've been here, like you said, since 2010. Mm -hmm. 2010, hard to believe. So what's, tell us, what's different about alpaca farming? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've not farmed other livestock, so I don't have direct comparison for you. Um, but I can tell you that they're relatively easy animal to farm compared to other livestock. They don't. When I first came in, I was looking in, in one of your fenced-in areas, and the ones out front there, and uh, then the, the children, the smaller ones. Mums they, they, and babies Mums and babies, because they mm-hmm. didn't look... Sometimes you think when you see them in pictures, they look like a bigger animal than they are, but they're, they're really not. not. No, they're not. And so that's what would they weigh like roughly? Yeah. Like full so grown? that's part of what uh, led me to them is their size and demeanor 
made me feel that uh, they were a type of animal that I could easily handle right. by myself. That's right. So the females probably weigh, average weight is probably 140 pounds ish. So you're talking like an over, a large dog, <laughs> a very yeah. large dog. You know, the boys probably more than that, 180 ish. Okay. So they're a bit bigger. Yeah. But um, they look a whole lot bigger when they're in full fleece, but yeah. generally they're not a large animal. They're a beautiful animal. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, so uh, talking about the farming a little bit, um, what are some of your major obstacles um, to having success at such a unique, you know, niche business here on PEI? Wow. Um, I guess initially um, it was people knowing I was here and what I was doing. Um, you know, when I first started out, I invested heavily in my animals and my, in my livestock. <clears throat> Excuse me. And my business plan was that I was going to primarily earn my income from the breeding and sale of those animals. That and was your first vision. Yeah, that was my first vision, that that's what my business was primarily going to be. Now, I did build a little shop, you know, when I put up a sign that said visitors were welcome. Um, what I didn't appreciate when I came here is the number of tourists who come to the island. I didn't intentionally plan on purchasing a property on the North Cape Coastal Drive, right. which is where I am. And I didn't intentionally plan on purchasing a property that had a paddock out front ah. where, you know, people could drive by and see the animals. That's right. Um, so people would do that, drive by, see the animals, see the sign that said, you know, And want to drop in. And they would drop in. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody. And I was keen to talk about these animals. So I w would invite them in and say, you know, you want to come see, the, see my animals? They're kind of interesting. I'll tell you what I know about them. And people did. So, so was that, that hard for you? initially no because I was very passionate about okay uh, about it and it's, it's still not hard it's quite easy now <laughs> comes naturally uh, it, it does come <laughs> naturally but what I began to learn was I was building a tourism business an agritourism business and that was not the intent when I came here but wow. that's what it evolved into and what I've since learned about that is that if I listen to my clients they will tell me exactly what I need to be doing, the exact direction that I need to be going. So they'll tell you the things that they're kind of looking for. That's exactly right. I just need to pay attention. Well, I know a few years ago you were involved, uh, you know, quite a bit with the chamber. And um, you, I think you actually won one of our uh, marketing awards. Yeah. And uh, I remember the night you spoke at uh, the awards gala and you talked about um, uh, social media and and doing all those things that you didn't feel comfortable doing mm -hmm. and kind of maybe encouraging other business operators or entrepreneurs to kind of take that, take that leap. Um, go back to that day and when, when you had to take the, that jump and, and kind of go outside of what you were normally uncomfortable doing, like, was that hard for you to do? <laughs> you mean social media? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. It actually was. And in fact, I remember that night very well because I didn't have words prepared. Yes. And typically I freeze in front of you a microphone. You did an amazing job that night. I, a lot of people spoke to me after. You did an amazing job. You know, um, what I've learned is that I get a lot of people who ask me about alpaca farming and, you know, is, there, is it profitable? You know, how can you make money at it and things like that? And um, what I respond is, you know what? You can make money at virtually anything you do. 
if you do it with enough passion, mm -hmm. number one, and if you find people who share that passion with you. And what I found with social media and marketing is I was very uncomfortable initially trying to use that. Um, but I saw the potential. And um, I just started posting things about my life and about my animals here. And, and, you, and I did it primarily for me. And what I soon found was lots of people enjoyed that a, content. You developed that listenership. That's yep. right. And, you know, the the authenticity, the, um, the reality of my life is interesting to some. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from time to time, I get people who say, or who comment, you know, well, I'm only in it for this content. Um, you know, and I, I, I think about that often. And then I'm, uh, my response typically is, but, but I'm sh I'm here to share my life. I'm here to share, share my experience. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. You're obviously very passionate about what you do, what you've set up here. And, um, you know, when I, I asked you the other day, I said, uh, you know, has this been does this like seem like a job to you? But it, it doesn't. No, it, it's, no, it it's, doesn't. You said you this have, is just my life. This is your life. This is and my life. And you love your life and your yeah. job. That's awesome. So, so happy to have you here today um, with our podcast. It's, um, I told you a little bit about it. It's kind of an Eastern partnership uh, with the rural development uh, labor market. And, um, you know, we want to get out and talk to different businesses and uh, get their experiences and, and what's going on in the workforce today. Now, I understand you have some students hired. I do. Yes. I do. Um, and uh, so what's your experience, you know, just trying to find some, some staff and employees for your business? I have been very fortunate. Um, considering that I live in a rural community um, and pr I'm primarily looking for student help in the summer. Um, I've had some awesome student help over the years. Um, most of them are my neighbors, you That's know, and they've been, been with me for many years, um, which speaks to, hopefully, it speaks to their enjoyment of my property and, um, and my business. Um, but they've become part of my family. Well, who wouldn't want um, their children to maybe just have a first-time job just down the road, you know, <laughs> at a local farm? It's, well, it's, yeah. an, it's an awesome uh, opportunity yeah. and work experience for their child. So, it is. So we're so glad that you can contribute to that. So hopefully the we'll have our population still increase and, Every <laughs> and year be I'm able like, to keep you. Okay, who's born this year? <laughs> and who's, right. who's, who am I going to hire in a couple of years' time? <laughs> we need to keep the kids to keep on coming, so... <laughs> So um, I understand this last year and a half have been very challenging for you as an agritourism uh, yes. business, yes. as with many t tourist operators today. And, um, you know, today you said, you know, we're all ready. You have your staff out in the field and um, we're ready for the people to come in. So uh, what, what's next? So tell us a bit about, you know, your products, um, you know, what you've created here and what makes them kind of stand apart from the competition and your pandem the, the pandemic challenges. Okay. Well, prior to last year, probably 85% uh, of my business was the result of an in-person interaction. So with COVID, that really put a dent in that. How many numbers would you have come through in a day, on a busy day? Um, well, in the in the heat of the summer, you know, up to 70 people, 70, probably. That's a lot of people. So over the course of the season, in 2019, I th think we saw between 3,500 and 4,000 people. Amazing. Between May and October. Wow. Um, so my business was primarily an in-person business, agritourism, 
Um, I do have a shop here, of course. I sell my product, which is primarily my yarns. My fiber is made into yarns, but I also sell other products that are made from alpaca, you know, the socks and the insoles and mitts and scarves and, and toys looking and around, things like it's that. Surround, it's beautiful. Just the finest quality. Like you said, it's that luxury. It is. Luxury, Thank you. yes. Beautiful. Um, but with COVID last year, uh, it became very apparent very early that the tourist season just wasn't going to exist. So I had to kind of rethink things. So there were a couple things that I did. Um, last year was my 10th anniversary. And initially I had huge plans for last year for ways in Aww. which to celebrate. Yes. And uh, one of those plans was to build a, a, a dedicated shop. Uh, previously, my shop was in the milk house of the, of the dairy Tiny barn. Tiny little box there. Yeah, yes. it's about 170 square feet. It's not heated. It's, it's cozy. Mm -hmm. I love it. But I outgrew it a number of years ago. Anyway, in January of last year, I met with a contractor about the shop and we mapped out the plans and I got the quotation and, you know, I gulped a little bit, but I thought, you know, we've had some really good years. I'm expecting another really good year. It's going to be okay. Let's proceed with the work. We'll start in May. You did the right decision. I did. And then of course, <laughs> March came and I really second guessed whether I wanted to invest that kind of money, but I went ahead with it and I'm really, really glad I did because it really helped save me. Not only is it a much bigger space, mm -hmm. but it's heated and it allowed me to be open year round. That's, that's so great. although there were limitations with respect to people coming and going, you know, the space is big enough, big enough for me to accommodate right. uh, those um, uh, public health measures. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I did last year was I rebuilt my website and completely rebranded. Your e you were talking yeah. e-commerce. Yeah. So I used to have a website and then I, I had soft launched an e-commerce site about three years ago thinking, you know, I wanted to market to those clients who had been here in the summer, uh, but I didn't really push it. Anyway, I had that and I had a booking site because we started booking online in 2019, but all of them were on different platforms. Okay. <laughs> they were not consistent in branding or anything. But were your sales up last year from online? Once, yeah, so I completely rebranded, rebuilt, and relaunched the website in October of last year. Okay. And remarkably, typically September to December, I have a number of significant in-person events. Open Farm Day, okay, Three Oaks Craft Fair, West Isle Craft Fair, and a few other small things where I do a significant amount of business. And I can do any of that last year. I did better last year online than I did at all those at four, all of those is that right yeah so between building the shop and rebranding and uh the e-commerce so you site, just have the one platform now just one platform everything's plat there okay everything's there that's that's incredible um, well that saved you you made <laughs> a good choice by doing that with uh, uh not being able to attend those it events did. so yeah. that's incredible and hopefully you had a lot of local supporters too still absolutely that's absolutely. great yeah. um so we understand that um you, we've started to provide opportunities for visitors, uh, you, to, to be more interactive experience here at your farm. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, the hands-on, you have this workshop here, the dyeing yeah. process, and I see you even have, um, um, uh, become a farmer for mm -hmm. a day or something workshop yeah. online. So tell us a little bit about your, so, um, we've been doing farm tours basically since the get-go and, um, they've been very popular, of course. Uh, but we always get people who comment to say, I'm really looking for something more in depth. Can you provide me something more in depth? Um, not only from an animal perspective, but also with respect to fiber and yarns. Because we do hand dye our yarns here. Typically, I was doing it in my kitchen. 
And I'd get people in who'd say, I'd really like to learn to do this. Well, I couldn't offer that experience in my house. So with building the new shop, I have a dedicated studio space where we can now do that. Which we're sitting in right here. Which we're sitting in right now. (laughs) So in addition to that, I was able to hire a shop assistant and and kind of fiber artist to help me out in in that regard. So we will be offering some dye workshops uh, Wednesdays in July and August. Come and learn how to dye yarn. So just sign up online. They can sign sign up online. Okay. Uh, we're also hoping to launch uh, a needle felting and wet felting workshop. Okay. Again, a, a morning workshop here in the studio. And then because I have the staff this year, uh, we're going to do a more in-depth animal experience as well. So Friday mornings on the farm, uh, minimum of two, maximum four. Um, you come for the morning and you're a far- you're an alpaca farmer for the morning. Oh, so, so they get to go out and have they're doing it's, it all. They're doing it all. They're doing it all. They're going to feed. They're going to feed, okay. clean, whatever herd health <laughs> needs to happen. Yeah, the whole in-depth in-depth experience. We've had some interest and some uptake already. Okay. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. That sounds exciting. So there you, hear, you have it, folks, if you mm-hmm. want to come out and learn how to be a farmer for a day with the alpacas. <laughs> I think that would be a great family experience. So, Janet, it certainly has been a pleasure, you know, visiting with you here today on the farm. Um, as I said, I've been here probably four or five times before, and I, I always enjoy my visit when I come down here and, and talk with you, especially... Uh, you're, you share that passion, and I just love to hear your stories. Um, so if you want to come down uh, to visit Janet Ogilvie of Green Gables Alpaca, she's at 5627 Route 12 in Birch Hill, Prince Edward Island. Or you can visit her website at greengablealpaca.com and browse the many things you can take part in in this summer. So thanks so much, Janet. Oh, thank you, Tammy. It's been a pleasure today, and we wish you all the best uh, this summer, and hopefully the tourists are going to start showing up for you. Hopefully. That's right. Thank you so. Um, if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, maybe you'd like to share a success story. Maybe you want to advocate for change or persuade or influence, or simply just share what works and what hasn't worked in the world of business today. You can contact myself or Kester Nurse at the Chamber Office or by calling 902-726-5646. To listen to our latest podcasts, you can visit our website and social media pages. Till next time, the Chamber encourages businesses in West Prince to kick it up a notch to attract and retain your future employees. Let us see if we let it be, is it gonna fly? Set it free and if it leaves, we say goodbye. Where we weave and then we greet and then we cry I wanna tell you before I